0: Welcome to another episode of Poet Box Series. Today, we'll be delving into the mind of poet and journalist, Oche Ako. Oche, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Poet Box Series.
1: The pleasure is all mine, Aisha. It's good to be on the I Am Valid podcast. It's been a long time coming and I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I particularly look forward to our conversation because you are someone that works behind the scenes, if I can call it that, and you're someone who's into publishing. So let me explain more to our listeners about how you do that by reading your bio. Oche Ako is a poet and art entrepreneur. He's the author of Apocalyptic Acapellas, a collection of politically-themed poetry, which won the Green Author Prize for Poetry in 2017. He's the CEO of Oche Books Publishing and Oche Tech, where he offers digital solutions to firms and individuals. Oche is the former Secretary General of the Africa Haiku Network and board member of the Mamba Journal for Africa Haiku. When he's not writing poetry or coding, Oche is an investigative journalist at Premium Times Center for Investigative Journalism. Now we can see, to listeners out there, now we understand why I was talking about his background and um his work basically so this I look forward to this conversation Archer, because you're someone who works with publishing you're someone who does other things aside um writing poetry so I'm looking forward to understanding how you you're able to mix all of this together and you have such an amazing an impressive bio if if I might say that oh wow
1: Thank you very much for the compliment. I really do appreciate. Uh, you wouldn't be wrong if you say I do a lot of working behind the scene. Most of my job involves me working behind the scene. Um, like my day-to-day job is being an investigative journalist with Premium Time Center for Investigative Journalism. And it has to do with a lot of undercover jobs you know, going to rural communities to get real hard facts and stories, human-angle stories about what people are going through, you know, going to government startups, holding the government accountable, and um, stuff like that. Some things one cannot say in public, but that's my general job. And... Um, my publishing firm was started in 2015. Uh, we did our first international book in 2017, which was the operative by Ok Chinedu Ikena. Um, it was published in Nigeria, but distributed and marketed mostly in Cyprus, where the author based. Uh, it was a nice work. We had a lot of Stuff from there as a company that were moved on to publish about five other books of same author and did other businesses with high ranking officials and um, well standing authors in Nigeria so I'm hoping to have a very interesting conversation with you you know to get to answer your questions
0: I'm Glad that you are equally excited. So before we get into the questions that um, would be like, let's say, what I call background questions, like childhood questions and all of that, I would like to ask you about your name. So Oche Ako is a traditional African name. I particularly like the fact because most people wouldn't know this. Um, Actually, most people that know you, probably people that know you, but then... I remember seeing your name in full, and I was shocked that you had a um, a Christian name. I think I Emmanuel, a Christian name. So, um, your name, Oche Ako, is basically everywhere. It's basically a brand, Oche Books, Oche um, Digital Solutions, and it's such a it's a traditional African name. And this is a podcast that looks into. Um, African literature through the eyes of African poets. So do you feel like you using your name, your traditional African name, um, is in a way pop, um, promoting and and empowering yourself as an African creative? Or do you feel like it was just something, you felt like it was something catchy, something you could easily um, use to, you know, gain attention and get people talking when they talk about you?
1: Right. Um, where do I begin? Okay. First of all, I think a few years back, that should be uh, 2014 or 2013 year about, when I got introduced into scholarly writing, deep scholarly writing and theories of literature, by my very good friend de Victor, um, who is no longer a writer, who has um, transformed or metamorphosed into a Nigerian pastor. Um, but he was a, he is a very good uh, African theorist, especially when it comes to African literature. So he introduced me to what is called the negritude movement. And I had the opportunity of digging deep into it, reading works uh, of some of the very good writers that uh, promoted the negr- negritude and um, Pan-Africanism and all that. Uh, the works of wa Tiongo, the works of um, Kwame Nkrumah, the work of Steve Beko those of our very own Chinua Achibe, Wale Shoinka, even the, the poetry of uh, Dr. Namdi Azikiwe, the first president of Nigeria. So I uh, had course of reading this understanding what we had course of even reading works from um, the Caribbeans So I understood um, what it was to have an imperialist mindset And there's something that happens to you when you follow negritude, it transforms your mind and you start questioning yourselves. Why do I have an English name? Um, If I'm a Christian, does God not recognize um, the meaning of my travel? And it must always be an imperialist identity that I carry. So stuff like that um, made me to asked myself critical questions of which I came up with resolutions and I decided, you know what I'm an African, I will always be an African. I will always be black. I cannot hide wherever I go. so it is best tied away with everything imperialist that ties me into a white and uh, white supremacist uh, mentality and I decided to drop my English name which I have dropped to a large extent, except for official documents or documents that pre-existed this time, which I could not change. So I decided to go for Cheaco. And um, so that's that's about the name and all that. I'm just I'm 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 a believer in black African tradition and um, black mentality and negritude. As for using it in my business, I've always wanted to leave a legacy. The aim for doing business has always been for posterity's sake, not just for profit-making. So whatever it it informs the kind of business I go and the kind of products I put out and where I interact with clients, it's always uh, meant to shape or create a lasting legacy and there's nothing as lasting a legacy as making one's name to outlive them. So if you see whatever I'm starting, although a lot of people may feel it's uh, not a good thing to be do. And what if you want to franchise this company and all that? How are you going to do about the naming and all that? You should use a neutral name. And I let them know that um, this name is my identity. This is what I want to be remembered for, and there's nothing more interesting than my intellectual or mental brainchild carrying something that is a part of me. By the way, Oche is a very good name, it means king. So that's about the name.
0: Well, I, I think the most it's the most beautiful thing that you have done here, and I think it's really—it's a very cool thing that you have been able to follow, like Negritude and all of that. I've always been a huge fan of reading Caribbean works and trying to understand Black Africanness, what it means—not just to be black or not just to be African, but then how both of that correlates and like nexus between being black and being african and caribbean and all of that so um and about your name the there's a coincidence yeah like there's oh, i don't know i don't know whether i would call it a coincidence but then um our guest we've had a guest come on here and and his name also means king henny cherry kwaku Hene means king. I remember when I asked him about his name, he also mentioned that his name means king. And I think it's it's there's something about these names because he's Ghanaian and then you're Nigerian. And coincidentally you both you both have names meaning king, which is um which I think is really cool because there's this richness, there's this luxury that comes with African culture that we have kind of lost i feel like we've lost it or we've kind of relegated it because it's not um yeah i feel like it's it's something really relegated for me i feel like um i particularly like using the name my mom gave me it's a um traditional isha name Esseose. it means god's gift i mean when our parents name was give us these traditional African names, I feel like they put more thought into it than when they give us English names <laughs> or when they give us Arabic names. Because I have an Arabic name and then I have a traditional African name, and I feel like it's this is one of the things that we, like you mentioned, have to use, um, when we are doing work, and especially as a as an African publisher, someone who curates um, works from African poets and writers, it's very important for you to believe in negritude. And I, I think it's it's such a wonderful thing how you've been able to, to, um, unlearn colonialism in a way and, and begin to fall in love with your language and your own culture, despite how, um, colonialism and all of that. Yeah, I would say colonialism has, Affected uh, the way we think about our names, about our culture. Okay, so to what I call the background questions. Um, what things fascinated you as a child? What was the, the sort of thing that inspired you or would push you to do things when you were a child that has followed you into adulthood?
1: You know, we are all kings and queens down here in Africa. Um, if you watch the history of Greek men, you see that at a point when artists, activists, poets, writers get this spark of who they are and decide to um, identify with who they are, what they do is they quickly change their name. Names are very important. Names are used to identify people. Um, Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Malcolm changed his name to Malcolm X. We had the Venerable Elijah Muhammad. We have Ungugi who adopted his tribal name. We have only showing adopted his tribal name. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Of writers who have decided to identify with where they come from. At the point in time in the American history, it became a thing of consciousness for Black Americans to drop the slave names they were given, which belonged to their masters, and adopt an African name, which they identified with. Because down here in Africa, we are free bonds. We are kings and we are queens and our names have deeper meaning like you have said. And of interesting fact is, do you know that in Ghana, the day you are giving birth to determines the name you bear? So someone giving birth on a particular day would be a Ajay, another giving to another day on a particular another day would be a Kweku and like that like that so if you check all Ghanaian males they have a repetition of names depending on the day they were born we give a lot of thoughts to the naming system down here in africa before a child is born is even named it takes eight days for naming ceremonies so you can see how it goes on and on and down to publishing also when you are having an african brand that is bent on promoting African writing in the international scene. It is of worthy note and a very good thing that the naming of such an organization follows the pattern of um, Afrocentrism. You know, we have Oche books, we have Okada books, we have Cassava Republic, we have um, Kalahari Review, and a whole lot of it like that. taking... Uh, sounds and sights of Africa, and converting it into um, metaphors that I use as company names. So,
0: that's it? So, yeah, I believe this is this is one of the the um the things that is peculiar because there's always. This, thing that's peculiar to writers and i would say intellectuals generally black african intellectuals black um african academic people or scholarly people who are interested in in negritude and in african consciousness and black consciousness i feel like it's peculiar to them and even for writers not just uh, intellectuals for writers are intellectuals but then for writers and artists to who pick up their names I feel like it's it's peculiar to these set of people because they are um the line of work that they have that they are in involved with is one that makes you question things when you're a writer when you're a poet you begin to question things when you do things like activism like you mentioned Muhammad Ali and um, Malcolm X these people questioned things, they asked questions. They didn't just take what society and what generational culture and all of that had given them. They asked questions and they began to realize that oh no. I need to I need to be true to myself. I need to own myself. And I feel like this is this is the most that that is the most powerful thing you can do, owning yourself, like using your name As a symbol of, okay, this is who I am. I am African. This is who I am. And I believe, I personally would want to change my name (laughs) to the name I use. Um, I use it on social media. I'm somehow trying to claim that name. I use that as a pen name when I write sometimes. But then I feel like it's a very beautiful way to establish um, your identity. And about the whole... um, using these names these metaphors that peculiar to africa promotes african literature promotes the idea of africa not just um it promotes the sensibility of africa not just the fact that okay yeah um this is african publishing and then you're having names like Brickwater or something, something that wouldn't. When you hear it, you wouldn't really think, "Oh, this is this is coming from Africa." But well, when you hear things like Okada Books, Cassava Republic, Kalahari, you know, oh yes, this is Africa. This gives you a sense of Africa, and I feel like it applies with our names when we talk about our identity as African creatives, and it also applies with these publishing houses, these Afrocentric publishing houses that have chosen to use these names. Um. As their as their um form of marketing. I'd like to know what fascinated you as a child. What things fascinated you as a child? What were the things that um you were really into, that really inspired you as a child that has followed you into adulthood?
1: Mm, as a child, I was uh an inquisitive child. I always, I was always fascinated by the art. I started writing when I was eight, but I stopped writing for a long time till I became a teenager. But I actually started writing between the age of five and eight. I've always loved fine art. I mean, from my earliest memories. I I can remember when I was in kindergarten, I was already drawing, had drawings and it followed me all through my life Um, down to this moment. I still paint, I still make carvings, I still make good sculptures. I went under the tutelage of a certain artist called Aquila Aquila back then in my area and he taught me and my friend how to paint and do professional artworks. That was actually my first business trade making artworks and selling for profits. But as a child, I was really inquisitive and it led me into reading so many books. My father had a mini library in his room and um, it was filled with all sorts of foreign books, German books, Russian books. There's even a Russian dictionary in my house then. But there was this particular book of British um, poems that struck me had volume one and two when he's not around I'll go and scatter stuff and I just came across that book twice volume one volume two and it was all poetry and I consumed consumed it so ferociously it was so spiritual like I kept reading and reading and reading and I fell in love with it and that was my beginning I read so much as a young man. When I was very little, I read every book I could find. And in fact, when I was in junior secondary school, I was nicknamed library because I spent 80% of my schooling time in the library. There was no book in my secondary school library that I did not open down to the newspapers. I opened Every book, science, art, commerce, literature, all encyclopedias A to Z. I opened every single book in that library during my six year period in secondary school. Every single one. In fact, I had occasions where I was almost locked up in the library. I was always being called to leave the library. I read voraciously and I painted. So I was fascinated and intrigued by nature. Nature in- intrigued me and the quest for knowledge that always fascinated me. I saw the world from an imaginative point of view. I observe, I grew up in an environment that was really nature friendly. Uh, the townships of Ajakuta Steel Company Limited, very quiet residential area, with a lot of bushes and uh, forest and nature. So I spent a lot of my time consuming nature, having personal dialogues with myself, having dialogues with trees, having dialogues with birds, coming back home to write good poetry. I still have some of my poems from back in the days. I've lost some unfortunately, especially my earliest childhood um, poetry, but I was intrigued and fascinated by nature, by books and by art.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is this is beautiful. Um in fact that and I I did mention I, I know I mentioned this before but then I feel like you're one of the most versatile people that I have met because you go from art, although all of it is still art but then I feel like journalism, although we'll get, we'll get to that point, we'll get to that point I feel like journalism is a bit more rigid than when you have to deal with visual art and writing poetry and all of that then I feel like there is you have a range that not a lot of people have like you can code you can paint you can (laughs) so let me let me take a second to just to just um, praise you again for having that range it's not common it's really not common having that and then I've the things these things that fascinated you I feel like I've noticed a pattern as we're talking um with a lot of writers, a lot of writers have this influence from their parents. they either have parents who are good linguists who were very uh, particular about grammar and all of that and or parents who were teachers or parents who were um intellectuals or parents who were just accommodating of who they were as people and I feel like this this um this really helped a lot of writers and groomed a lot of writers this gave them um this background that made them flourish and made them um made them yeah made them flourish so how um do you think these things writing poetry reading voraciously, and loving nature how has this shaped how have these things shaped your car your career as a writer Poets, journalist, and publisher? How have these things influenced you and shaped your career? <laughs>
1: I've told you now, soap is not available unless the Lord calls for you. Uh, about the journalism argument, um, you're not the first. It's, it's a public debate and um, I have come to my conclusion based on the fact that I practice both and I've seen the impact. The situation may not be the same. But however, what is... Um, there? I think the misconception comes from the fact that people want to express themselves more in journalism uh, and the rules of the profession do not give them the chance to. For instance, you go out on a field to do an investigation at, at, about a pertin- certain people and... What you are asked to do is write a featured story about what has happened. But then when you write a story, your editor turns it down and says, this is not journalism, Uh, you are writing fiction or whatever he says because you are not following the standard rules. The rules of journalism are there for certain reasons. Uh, It's a um, fast-paced, what is it called, profession, and time and space complexity comes into account you must manage time you must manage space and you must still deliver so it it is it uses mostly economy of words and cliches unlike um normal writing where you become emotional you know in in journalism you must not be opinionated if your stories must be credible there are so a lot of factors that are coming in play that makes those rules to be there But still, there's still always a way to be creative about all that. But where my uh, um, argument lies is that journalism gives you an avenue where you can get data that will come in handy for your creative writing. So you can come up with for every story you you get to do and you don't... uh, you cannot express yourself as you want in journalism there's always an option to come up with a a creative writing story from that story that journalism story so you can see it works hand in hand it's not really rigid it's not really it, it avails you the opportunity to have those experiences um okay my prize the prize i won okay yeah i won the green Author prize for poetry in 2017. i was a joint winner with a lot of other people it was a fierce i think one of the most fiercest it's an annual contest organized by orthopedia owned by kuguho Siri samson that's um of um, word rhymes and reading publishers so i won that prize far back at 2017 for nina love is the first prize i was entering for and it involved sending a short manuscript of uh, uh we call it chapbook of about 30 poems or so So, enter for the contest. I entered. The contest entry has ended. And there was an extension for one week. And that was when I submitted. I was just trying out my hand. It was the first time. And I emerged as a winner. Well, we got published electronically. uh, And given an option for print. It's on Amazon and all that. But I didn't really promote it. I didn't follow through it the stuff although the poems that form uh formed the manuscripts manuscript that the manuscript titles apocalypse Apocalyptica Capellas. uh the poems that um formed the chapbook i've worked on other poems and added it to come up with a full length poetry collection which will be out when i'm ready it's i've been working on that project for years i'm not ready when it comes to poetry I want to give nothing least but my best I want to be convinced personally that what I've churning out is the best I could offer at the time when that stuff is being published so that whatever criticism comes after that doesn't matter and whatever accolade comes also I'll know that I'm deserving of it so how did it affect me oh, it didn't affect me <laughs> I've been in the industry before far 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 back before then Uh, I already understood the rudiments. I'm I'm in the school of thought that prizes do not make good writers, considering that I get to read a lot of good writing. So I I, I do not believe that prizes makes good writers. There are writers I read, they have not won any prizes, but they are excellent. They are perfect. So prizes is not the... I don't write for prizes. Although if they come, I will love it, especially because of the money. You know I love money. But I don't write for prizes. I write for legacy. If I'm looking for money or prizes, that will be the science aspect. Yeah, in my coding and in my... The kind of applications I come up with. That's my money machine. That's where I want to make my money from. But when it comes to writing, it is for a legacy. So... The prize didn't affect me in any way. I didn't even promote it. I was supposed to. It just um, went by like that. I hope to win more though.
0: God has already cut to me. It's you I'm waiting for. It's your own soup I'm waiting for. <laughs> well, that was why I talked about rethinking my perspective on the whole journalism, on how journalism is rigid and things like that, because You have experienced it. You've been a journalist and a creative writer way longer than I have been. I think I just did journalism for a few months or so while you've been doing it for years. So that was why I asked you. And about your, your take on prizes is one that is very refreshing. I don't think I've ever had a discussion with a writer that tells me, oh, they didn't really care about winning a prize and prizes don't make good writers. And I think... It's actually a perspective that a lot of young writers should be considering. And people, writers in general, should actually just think of it. Because um, if you bother about winning prizes more than creating uh, or making sure that your craft is good, then I think we would have a lot of really shitty writers. Because writing for prizes, like you said, it doesn't... um, it doesn't make good writers? And I don't I, I agree with what you said. And yes, I know you like money. <laughs> I know you like money. So I think the prizes help because of the money. I think for me, most of the time prizes work better because of the money rather than just trying to um I think it's it's empowering for writers, their ego, their self esteem um and also in money tree terms because it helps writers with money and, and prestige and everything so um you're a publisher in northern Nigeria you basically live in northern Nigeria so as a publisher in the north now um how has the evolution of literature in northern Nigeria impacted your work and vice versa like Do you think you've impacted Northern Nigeria, um, the growth of literature in Northern Nigeria? If yes, then tell us about it. Let us know.
1: Uh, Before I answer your question, just a little bit more about prizes. Um, I was listening to a talk on YouTube. Nobel Talk is hosted by the Swiss Academy. It gathers all the winners of Nobel Prizes um, for every year. And put them generally in a talk show to talk about stuff. And I was um, watching one I think for 2019 also, where the Nobel winners, are Nobel laureates for physics, um, um, chemistry, and medicine were discussing. Actually, the the guys who won for chemistry and physics won for the same. Um, the what they did the guy who won for chemistry is actually a physicist who did a work in chemistry and vice versa and they worked as a team but both won for because of the various prize one for chemistry one for physics that's by the way so they were talking and one talked about um when uh what young people should understand and i want to relate that to writing uh, he said you do not create a work to win prizes you create a work because you enjoy enjoying doing it uh, i mean in this part of africa everything is about winning something you are going to school because you want to win a certificate you are working because you want to win money we never do anything for fun outside this place work is fun learning is fun career is fun and that's what writers fail to get when you are writing you cannot write to win prizes because the the rules for prizes change every year even if you read all the writers that uh, have won the brunel prize and copy all their writing and come up with a new something it's still not it's still not going to win the brunel prize because for every year they are looking for new something so the best way is for writers to focus on their career writing is a career and career takes years to build it's not about winning one prize. Ungugiwa Tongo has not won the Nobel Prize, but he's revered in the world because of his career. He would have been writing different books hoping to win the Nobel Prize. He's focused on his career. If the Nobel Prize comes fine, if it doesn't come fine. I know we can... There's... Once you win a prize, you become um, a celebrity writer. one, And it also opens a lot of doors and your career just blooms but then when you have no career and you win a prize you realize that you die very quickly because you have not built anything to end that prize. writers should be focused on why they are writers that's the basic question every writer should ask are you a writer because you want to be the next team amanda or or are you a writer because you have a story to tell you have things you want the world to read i'm even more interested in selling more number uh, uh no more copies of books than in my book winning a prize, although they go hand in hand. But if there is a way a book of mine can sell ten million copies without winning a prize, no problem. I'll make my money. I'll have the readership. The prize can be given to any other person. I'm interested in the sale, the money, and the readership. More importantly, prizes will come, and that's why writers like me have are taking my time to write the best we can write. I'm not publishing like I used to anymore. I'm not writing to journals because I want to get international acclaim. I'm building my craft, building my career. And if eventually that comes, fine. If it doesn't come, we keep moving. We build a career over time. Now to the question. Uh, Being a publisher in Northern Nigeria, I must say I'm amazed at the work that is ongoing in Northern Nigeria. i'm most grateful that i'm being a part of it although my publishing firm is strong the business model is structured in a way where location does not affect us so i've had my clients base because of technological inclinations is worldwide so i've even done business with people far far from my geographic location than i have done with people within however The evolution in Northern Nigeria is something that I am very proud to be a member of. Hilltop Creative Arts Foundation by Zukugi is doing a great job. Uh, uh, Hadiza Yelf Foundation in Kaduna is doing uh, a great job. Abu Fest is doing a great job. I mean, we have a lot of guys that are actually bringing down what has been the norm in the south and the west to not and it's going to be bigger because we have the population number one and once we get it right it's something we can retain for years and there are already existing models the northern nigerian Writers summit have existing models to get these things done the last election that was held for the northern Nigerian writer summit I, I i was the secretary of the electoral committee together with and uh, diego um Okenyodo, yodo the ceo of isu media and uh, former staff as uh, United Nations uh together with Khalid Iman of um, Bayero University Kano who is one of the most published writers in northern Nigeria having bulky works in uh, Hausa and English when i was in Mina we had the opportunity to meet and interact for for days and i had the opportunity of seeing some of his work well printed in northern nigeria of the highest quality and very bulky he's doing a great job then let us talk about uh uchen uchenna emelife who is in um udus usman Fodio university sokoto uh sister a uh, brother to jennifer emelife a family of great writers who are doing a great job with buko clock udus then let's even talk about you and halima i mean you guys have done a lot of work so sir so we have a lot of young people taking the bull by the horn and it's so interesting um the the things we have been able to do and we'll do more because we are young and we have all the time to make all the mistakes and correct them but i believe it's going to go far i have a project coming up which i discussed um, with some of the key heads Um. Anyway, I won't discuss it here. I won't discuss it here. But it's a big project and it's centered about uh, Northern Nigeria. I'm trying to give my bits um, to literature in Northern Nigeria. It's going to be a big project. A lot of writers are going to gain. And I'm going to gain from it also. It's coming out for more chair books probably this
0: year or next why don't you want to share it with us (laughs) do you think you can trust us come on you can share it this is a safe space please please share it with us yes i do believe that we have the capacity and it's like you have an agenda to let the listeners know everything about me (laughs) to the extent I'm bringing my second name belly i think yeah i think i've i think i've mentioned my name here before so yeah it's not that bad <laughs> the whole idea of prizes and everything is i think like you said if you have the career i feel like even the people that win these prizes they just do their thing and then they win it's not really they don't really go after it it just comes to them it just comes to them and you're right um having a career first is actually more important than winning these prizes. And um, like you said, um, you talked about the art. I feel like the art in northern Nigeria is really growing. If we look a few years back, like say 10 years back, it's all of this all of what we have right now it doesn't, it didn't exist back then, and it's just amazing how much we we've accomplished right now, and I, I hope we accomplish more. And so, so what more do you think can be done to promote the arts in Northern Nigeria? We've been talking about the arts in Northern Nigeria and how it's been growing. What else do you think needs to be done?
1: Nah, no, I don't want the listeners to know my plans. Anyway. Uh... Ah, so that was your pseudonym, Esose. You are hiding, Abi. You don't want us to know it's you. Oh, sorry, busted. Yeah, what can be done? What can we do? We need to adopt a workable model. Mm? That's what I believe. Every stakeholder should be mapped and brought together. And we need a workable model. A model that is contemporary. Ah, what, what, what will kill us right now is that a lot of our old folks are still uh, back in the old way of doing things the uh, let me not call organization names well you know what I'm talking about the whole gatekeepers stuff those who rule the writing space in Nigeria or who supposedly do so we need a working model and most especially we need a working model with a business plan we have all the men to give us these finances. How do we get them to become patrons of the art? That is, that is what we should be looking at. The moment we have this on ground, then we have a structure and a model. We will get things done. We need a workable structure, a workable model, where it will no longer be individual. Thing. And um, another important thing is that our artists are not contemporary i don't mean in their writings i mean in their approach to life in the number of tools they are exposed to in the communities they are exposed to they are localized uh there's something we do in uh, techno- and tech the tech uh, sector and it's called community development where someone with a great idea makes sure that that idea is brought down to the community and team level uh of of the even down to primary and secondary schools so that it's called system thinking so that people can be educated in a particular way of doing things so that in let's say 235 years the 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 output from such people who have been trained can meet up with the standard we are trying to uh, put I i don't want to get into details but i believe uh, will get what I'm saying so those are some of the things we'll do finance is very important it's very very important a working model is important and uh, community develop um, development trainings is important so we need those who have these ideas to be put in in the forefront finance to be able to do it because this is Nigeria if you want someone to get these things to work you have to get them together and make sure you take care of their basic needs you finance them properly not just getting by and you see that we can get this done it's workable. we have all the resources we need to do these things it should no longer be individual efforts
0: yeah it is my pseudonym i used it as um, a pen name for a long time and then I, st- I use it right now it's kind of like my brand I used it as, I use it as my social media handles and it's basically, I'm working to actually use it as my second name. Maybe change, uh, like maybe change my name or so. But I think I have talked about it. Don't worry. I don't think you busted me because I think I mentioned it while I was talking to someone else about, uh, another poet about names, traditional, um, African names. So um yes i think what you mentioned is so so important the whole module thing i think we do need a module in northern nigeria but i don't think there's a module in southern nigeria i think it's just more financing and more um more people willing to train people like look at um say purple hibiscus my purple hibiscus um creative writing um i hope i'm right getting this right uh, I th- I don't know if it's Purple Hibiscus Creative Writing <laughs> Workshop, the one that, um, Shuamanda does. I don't think it's for only Southern Nigeria, but then it's hosted in Southern Nigeria and then it's hosted in Southern Nigeria though. I think what we need to do is create investors too. Like you said, we shouldn't, if we want to talk about this, we would have to like, you know, create another episode where we talk about growth but i think most of these things that you're talking about happens like for yelf yelf talks about trainings i was also i was a i'm a beneficiary of one of um yelf's trainings for um young people um workshops for young people and um yes they do for secondary school students they do mentorships so yelf is one of those people and i think um open arts too. open arts is another um, organization that is looking to see how we can bring in the government to um, developing the arts but it's mainly kaduna state but then kaduna state is still northern nigeria so i think these things are happening but then not in a faster pace and larger scale that it's supposed to be happening in um okay let's let's shift from all of that talking about um, Northern Nigeria and everything, let's go back to you. Uh, so what do you want your readers to see in your works, in your journalistic pieces, in your published, right? Like your the, the books you publish, the, the things you code and your personal works, like your stories, your poems, your essays. What do you want your readers to see? What do you want people to see in them?
1: interpretation is for the reader my duty as a writer is to express myself as explicitly as I can to tell my own story in the best way I can interpretation is left for them Um, I want my readers to notice the pattern of my work I want them to follow the journey across all books and across all poems, I want them to interact with the general team and see how it affects them as individuals. I want the message of every book I write or work on to go out. For my publishing, I want my readers to see the quality and the effort put into making every piece available. For my coding, well... There's nothing to see there. If I make an app and it's out on air, they would see it. I want it to do the function for which it was created. And um, there's one we're working for for checkbooks. It's going to be a bomber when it's out. But it's all and it works. So that's, that's basically it.
0: Wow. Snap, 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 snaps. I give snaps to people that I'm impressed by, and I am I am definitely impressed by you. Well, I guess we we have a lot that we are expecting from your chair. So we we have a book, yes, and then we have an app now, and then there's something else. So that's good. That's really good. Okay. So, okay. Next question. This question is a question that. I particularly like, and I've actually been looking forward to it since, ever since you talked about prizes and prizes non, not being, um, not being, prizes not creating good writers. I've been looking forward to asking you this question. So if prizes don't, um, create good writers, careers create good writers. So yeah, with your fresh perspective on what literary success is what would you describe as literary success i want to know please enlighten us
1: that would depend largely on the writer why does one become a writer um writing is not just like any other career where you say i want to become a doctor because i want to help people writing is a vocation it's a calling it's not a that though it's a career but it's not a direct career path it's not like journalism where you say like, I want to be a journalist because I want to fight government there's no cliche for being a writer different people are called to be writers for different reasons the fulfillment of the purpose for why one became a writer is the payment for writing then in addition to that next for me would be um, having an audience over a long period of time. For instance, um, if you have been writing professionally for say 15 years, in 15 years you have built a a stable audience where anytime you churn out a piece of writing, you have a ready market for that uh, piece of writing that it will be consumed. The next then will be the ability to get sustenance from your writing. So, the career one has chosen as a writer to say that person is successful. It is how well the career is able to fend for the writer. Are you making money from your writing while still being fulfilled? Are you selling high numbers of uh, copies of your books? Those are the fulfillments for me. Then you can also talking about uh, recognition from bodies that matter is your writing making an impact to the extent of being recognized so that's the hierarchy of um success for being a writer for me
0: hmm. i agree with this actually in an in a way just like god calls a prophet like you mentioned a calling it's a calling just like god would call a prophet to do his work so the muse or the passion or the words or the stories in a writer, I would call a writer to write and to do whatever it takes to tell that story that a particular person wants to tell. So it's not something you can just say, okay, I want to write um, because I want money or something like that because it's it's not all the time that a writer gets to make money or gets to have that fame. But as long as they are telling their stories, it should fulfill them, I think. so in an alternate universe what would you be
1: that's a big question what would i be what would i be that would depend on the species and the character traits of what that parallel universe would be but uh hmm, that's a really hard question um, uh, first of all, I would be an American politician, probably given birth to or lived around the nineteen hundreds, the time of Ralph Waldo Yeah, I'll be something very close to what what he is. That's what I'll be.
0: This is a very interesting answer. Like I can. <laughs> When you said species, I was like, what? Species? Seriously? You've really unlocked the possibilities of this question because you could be something else. You could be, I don't know, a rock (laughs) or something like that. Well, I I think I can relate a lot to your answer because I feel like I should have been born in 1980s America or Britain. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I watch a lot of movies set in there and I, I just like how they dress, the music they listen to and all of that. Well, okay, speaking about the past, living in past and then moving on to the future, what are your plans for the future?
1: Yeah, when we talk about the 1980s, um, there is this belief by a group of people called the Transcendentals. House. Um, it's an ancient um, order. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson was a member. It was started by the by Pythagoras, the formula philosopher and mathematician that formed the pythagoras theory and they believe that when a person dies their soul changes form depending on how well they lived their previous life that a person does not die that life is energy so once you die now depending on how you live your life it will determine what you will become in your next life and your energy keeps changing form and nature is one a human being today might have been a rat in his previous life or a tree or any other living organism and they also believe that beans is a sacred food anyway that's just by the way I just feel like when one has a certain flair about a certain thing it might just be memories of what they were in their previous life we just get drawn to some things without us knowing why and we get very good at them my plans for the future, mm. I have so many plans, Like I have so many things I want to do, um, so many projects in my head, so many projects I've put to paper, and I'm involved in a lot of things right now, politics, literature, technology, um, just the, my plans for the future is actually to make money to so an extent that i can change all these my projects and see that all of it is a success but for the short term uh period now um i'm working with a lot with uh bm Zukugi for his here's first uh pro- um, festivals we're also coming up with nipple fest the nigerian poetry festival and it's going to be one of the biggest uh in the country so these are some of the things I have in stock, and also to finish some
0: of my books, yeah. Hmm, I wonder what I was in my past life. Is there, like, some sort of soothsayer or palm reader that can tell us what we were?
1: In typically, book cosmology, I think uh, one can be told about their previous life by some DBA. I'm not so familiar with it, but when I was doing a re- research on reincarnation, I... Got to learn about some of these things.
0: That's really interesting. Maybe one time I'll consult a GPA <laughs> to tell me what or who I was in my past life. Maybe. I think that's the quickest thing I can get. Cause um I might not have a lot of palm readers in Nigeria. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Ache. This has been one of the most interesting conversations that we've had good luck on all your projects and all your future endeavors thank you
1: thank you so much esosa the pleasure is all mine and shout out to i am ballet's cast you are one of the best peace
0: so that was Ako. thank you for joining us on another episode of the box series